Reclaimed Audio, upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is the first episode of the new year, 2016, episode 10 for us. Tim, how are you this week? I'm good, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. Bill, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. I just realized I have a job here for a whole year now. <laughs> whoa, 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 slow down. you got to read the fine print, buddy. Well, no, no, I was not, not for the whole year continuing. Oh, the whole I'm last year. That I made it from 2015 to 2016, so I'm going to look at that as a year. <laughs> Good work. I know what I'm doing. My logic, dude. You guys, you guys need to relax. <laughs> Take a breath. Hi, fellas. What's up? Hey. <laughs> All right. Um, I wanted to just take a quick minute to thank all our Patreon supporters, all of them, but specifically our top Patreon supporters, Luis Gonzalez, Stu Morrison, and Mr. Jimmy DeRest. I think we should talk about um, uh, Phil, because he just got back. Oh, yes, you did. You just got back from vacation. How was that? So, vacation was great. It's always fun to spend time with the kids and the family, but uh, I actually happen to be home uh, by myself. They are still in Miami, and uh, so actually vacation just started for me right now, so... <laughs> Well, that's, that's that's something to take advantage of for sure. Enjoy that que uh, peace and quiet. Oh, it means a ton of shop time, which is phenomenal. That was what I was going to ask. If that meant you got to do some work. Excellent. Um, so, uh, what are you working on now, Phil? That you have all the shop time. Uh, believe it or not, I've got uh, since I've been back. So it's two days. I've got three Etsy orders for these uh, for these whiskey boxes. So that's what I'm doing, and I'm about halfway through editing the uh, the latest. Bench video, which I don't even want to talk about. It's not even keep talking about it. Hey, hey, we, we'll started about after year, we started the year with Rubo Bench. I'm good, man. We can stop right now. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> okay, skip me. Who who else has something they're working on? I just started officially making my next video, which is an Izzy Swan inspired thing, and uh, it took me quite a while to get the the idea and the concept down of what I wanted to do, and I'm excited now. It feels good, so I'm starting the year off with a, a new video furniture built for the house, and uh, it's it's I'm excited. You guys are going to love it because we're upcyclers, and, and it's an upcycle piece, right? Say yes, Bill. We're going to love it. We're going to love it. We're going to love yeah. it. <laughs> How about you, Tim? What are you working on, buddy? Uh, well, I'm working on. I'll, I'm going to be putting out a, a couple more videos pretty quickly. I've been sort of throwing videos out every two or three days because I don't want all my Christmas builds that I was couldn't really talk about last month getting stale. Like nobody wants to see what I gave my wife for Christmas in February, you know. So I figure I got to start just dumping these videos out. And then, of course, I had some some fun in the shop the other day with my Christmas present from Chris Cute, um, which was amazing. <laughs> but let's take a second. Let's take a second. How fun was that? I that just saying it was. It, I cried. I laughed. I was scared. I was on the edge of my seat. I I got hungry. All of these things happened from that video. <laughs> well, it's funny because my, uh, you know, I I'm shooting the footage and I'm giggling, you know, the whole time. And I'm like, oh, and I'll put the axe here, and you know, like get my boots, and I'll get the camera on the axe. Like all these like clues, trying to do this like sort of Twilight Zone Hitchcock thing, and leave people on the edge of their seat. And so then I start putting the footage together, and I'm showing my wife, and I'm like laughing, and she's just like. Oh, so you didn't even try to be serious? Like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, she's like, you're not like really like trying to make it look like you're really gonna do it. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I am. And and I'm like, it doesn't look anything like I'm gonna do it, does it? She's like, no. And because well, she knows me as well as I do, you know. And and then I put the video up, kind of just expecting people to be like, ha ha ha, that was funny. But I got so many comments from people being like, oh my god, I had my finger on the stop button just in case you really did it. Like people were actually buying it that I was gonna kill a chicken on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, is hilarious, and I loved that it worked. I was just so happy that it worked. In case so, you didn't know, everybody, Tim, uh, he he's a part of the philosophy that chickens are people too. I wrote the book. <laughs> yeah, he's a vegetarian, so. Yeah. <laughs> but so that was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, that was, and it was also like I was saying, I wanted to start doing some more different and fun stuff with my channel. That's kind of what these last couple of videos have been, and a couple more that I'm putting up. Uh, is to sort of stretch a little bit with the content on my channel, and it's all somewhat connected to my message. Maybe the, maybe the, the whole chicken thing wasn't, but like the slippers made from cardboard and scraps and stuff. It's not like a super exciting woodworking project, and it might not excite all the woodworkers, 
but uh, the upcyclists, I think, are going to dig it, you know, and, and just the, the trying to think about all these materials that can be reclaimed, you know. You should stop segmenting your audience because it's your fans that are going to like it. I think yeah. your fans have liked it and do like it. I thought it was great, and I do know you well enough to know that uh, that chicken was not going to get it. But it was still <laughs> it was still suspenseful enough that I was like, how is he not going to do it? Because I knew you weren't going to do it, but how is he not going to do it? Right, like I was, you know, one thought was to have some tofurkey or something and do something kind of comical like yeah. that, and uh, and then I just thought it'd be really funny to just make it like I'm throwing a chicken party. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. You know, as far as uh, the slipper video, uh, uh, regardless of whether it's a woodworking project or not, one of the things I got out of that is, is again, thinking outside the box a little bit and being able to come up with a way to, to do something, whether you're making it out of wood or whatever, that it's always been done. I've never made slippers. I've always bought slippers. So, mm. it, it not right? You know. So <laughs> I mean, even if it's somebody like you know Chris Cute is giving away all those free cutting boards. If you've never made a cutting board before, um, you can make your own cutting board. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, that and that again is the idea that my channel is really about inspiring you know people to just think from and do things that they want to do and and I go out and I'll just try things and uh, and that's what I want to do. I want to try things even though I don't know how to do it. And, and see what happens, you know. So more of that to come this year. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I'll tell you, you've inspired me to get a free cutting board from Chris Cute. So how do I get on that list? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm actually going to do bookings for him. So you can place your orders and give the money to me. Phenomenal. Chris is going to make them and mail them to you, and then we'll see what happens after that with the money. I don't know. It's, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. <laughs> no, I, I, highlighted, Chris. <laughs> I highlighted Chris a while back, and that, this is why. He is one of the most generous, giving. He loves making cutting boards. He loves giving them out for free. So, Chris Cute, you're the man, buddy. Yeah. Me, uh, let me just uh, hop in here for real quick because Chris Cute is a hell of a guy, and I'll tell you why. First of all, I don't know if you guys know this, but he's actually uh, professionally was a DJ for 20 years in South Florida, Southwest Florida. Yep. And when I did my whole shtick about the, the microphone and getting a new one, he said, Phil, uh, let's hop on. I want to give you the pros and cons of this microphone. And he, he gave me a whole tutorial and told me what was good about it, what was bad about it. And it was just so random. He just sent me a message on Facebook and, like, let's hop on a call. I want to, you know, I want to help you out with this. I was like, wow, that's Amazing. Like, never mind money. Like, I think to be generous with your time is is an incredible gesture, and I was really yeah. moved. So I appreciate it. So, in case I didn't say it then, although I'm pretty sure I did, uh, but I'll say it again, regardless. Uh, thanks, Chris. You're a hell of a guy, and I appreciate it. Yeah, you're here. here. Thanks, okay. for, thanks for being a good sport too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, great quality. Yes. Uh, this week's topic, uh, I think, is a good pivot point uh, in that it is we're going to look back and we're going to also look forward by talking about getting started. So with regard to looking back, we're, we're all going to talk about what 2015 meant for us, what it meant for us personally, but more likely what, meant, what it meant for us uh, professionally as far as what it is that we're doing on YouTube, this podcast, and any other enterprise that we've started. And then, and then getting started, what does that mean, getting started? You know, this is the year that you do what? If you've never made anything before, we're talking about tools. If you've never made a video, it means getting on YouTube. And if it means anything else as far as getting started, that's what we're going to talk about this week. So uh, let's talk about, uh, for me, one that I'm really interested. What did 2015 mean for you, Tim? Because I know it was a big transition year for you. Well, yeah, it, it was, but for me... Uh, I guess every year is kind of a big transition year. That's just sort of how I, I've structured my life. I really try to. Um, but this was the first year that I made making stuff my main job and playing music my secondary job. And um, it, it was a good year. It was, it was a good year for that. For personally, um, I was able to, just because I wasn't gigging anymore, uh, I feel like I've gotten more sleep this year than I did the past five years combined. <laughs> And um, and I got to spend more time with my family and be more involved with my my children's education and uh, and be home on the weekends and be able to you know when someone family friends are throwing a party I can actually be there um, all these things that I could never do when I was always working as a, as a, when you work as a performing artist you work when everybody else doesn't you know and so that was always right. my whole life was always the opposite and now I'm sort of setting my own schedule I can not go in if I don't want to that day and go in and it's uh, it's been really neat and so with that. 
throughout the course of the year, I've been, you know, with like my recent changes to my channel and making, trying to make my channel part of my business instead of just like this hobby thing and, and uh, how I'm going to work, you know, was the, the year some like super financial success? No, you know, I mean, you know, I'm making slippers for a reason. I can't afford to buy them, you know, but, but, um, but it's it's progress and it's and it's a step towards this life that I want to live uh, and the life my family wants to live, and it's just been really really awesome to uh, to get to do this and just I feel like a kid again every day you know um, which I think everybody should get the opportunity to feel like a kid every day. It's the only way to let imagination and creativity flourish is to have that inner child you know come up to the surface every once in a while. Yeah, and and it was because like like the second half that we're gonna go into after everybody else talks is because I just decided to get started, and uh, you know I think a lot of people, and this is a big part of my channel too, and 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 me is that a lot of people talk about doing things and they have these dreams and aspirations of doing things, and they don't do them, and they talk about doing them, thinking about doing them. So we're here to help you go out and do them, and and maybe help you alleviate some of the stress and fear that goes with that, because we're sure. all, we're all doing it, you know. Like uh, well, let's go to you next, Phil. For me, I mean, looking 2015 was was the was the birth for me as a any kind of a you know a maker really. I mean, prior to that, I, it was really a hobby where I gathered a bunch of tools and I started playing around in my garage. But 2015 is when I launched my Etsy store, which meant that I launched my YouTube page, as as I mentioned, as a you know sort of a promo thing, a way to maybe flesh out the personality of the person behind that Etsy store. And then and then, uh, and then, then this podcast, which has been some of the most rewarding, uh, incredible experiences I've ever had. You know, I feel truly connected to a lot of people. And, and of course, you know, uh, you know, the woodworking, uh, making community on the Internet at large, I, I think it's something that's uh, unique, perhaps, Certainly for me, I've never felt this connected to so many people who share a similar interest, and I think it's uh, you know it's really remarkable. So again, on a personal level, it, this was my birth year as far as you know doing this. I don't even I'm not going to say professionally because it's not you you are deriving your income from this, Tim. But I'm this is always going to be a secondary income for me. I, I think certainly in the short term anyway, but. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about what 2015 did for me, and I'm even more excited about what 2016 is going to do. Because really, for the podcast, what do we have? This is our tenth episode, so we've been doing it for maybe almost three months. But uh, what that means for 2016 is that we'll probably have another 50 episodes, and that's really really exciting for me. I want to dig real deep into, you know, what it means to be an upcycling maker, uh, you know, in the new millennium. So it's exciting for me. Bill, what did what did 2015 mean for you? Wow, that's a, a just start out. Let me just say wow, because um, I I am a really introverted person, and it, it's I have social anxiety like you wouldn't believe. I know that seems really funny, right? And what I've come to find out is that because for me it's more like if I don't feel a connection with what everybody else has in common, like, and this is, I'm always off track here a little bit, but some of my wife, the friends that I've met through my wife that she's known forever from college and stuff, it's taken years and years for me to feel comfortable about it because I always get anxious when I go over to their house because they have college as, as something in common or, or this, 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 and that. 2015 met for me, it was the year that I actually stepped out of my comfort zone and I reached out to Tim Sway and that was the first time I've ever done something like that to a, a, a total stranger, and it opened up the door for me to uh, meet up with Andrew Aragon, who had me hook up with him at a maker fair, and I met David Picciuto and Bob Claggett and Jimmy Duresta, and I just found these makers out there. So the maker community in 2015 for me has been like you said, it's like a birth year for me, coming out of my shell. Um, it's been amazing. I mean, I started a YouTube channel, and I started collecting tools and I'm actually making as a passion again that I hadn't done for many many years um, lo and behold we got this podcast I cannot believe I'm here I have a podcast I can tell people now hey but we're doing I have a podcast well for another week at least but continue <laughs> week by week, week by week for me it's been a podcast and uh, so yeah I mean 2015 for me has just been amazing the, the amount of people 
uh, people really you know the amount of amazing generous loving supportive people that are out there that I'm getting to know now uh, definitely including you two in that you know and again it it really the start of this was was me reaching out to Tim that was one of the scariest things I've ever done here to me is this YouTube giant I don't care about the darned subscribers um, Tim you were a giant to me and I reached out to you and we made this connection and so that told me that hey these makers these people that are artistic and they're nice and it made me feel like I could do that so yeah 20 2015 for me um, learning that Phil has to edit half of what I say and that people are amazing and I'm having a great time so I'm, I'm so excited about the, the year to come you know it's funny that you you mentioned that and that is something that we have in common besides both being left-handed as well <laughs> is I'm, I'm actually a, a fairly introverted person myself and I have all the the similar issues and characteristics that you have in social situations and stuff and I get sweaty and lines and banks and you know and like crowds and all that stuff and people think that's weird because I'm you know they, they see me you know in my videos like you know running around like, like, a, like a clown or like a chicken with his head cut off <laughs> <laughs> which um, we would never do because we you know tickets are people too so yeah but no but in they and then, then I have this you know as a performing musician for most of my life and and, uh, but it's it's weird. Like there's there are a lot of performing musicians that are the same way as me. It's like when you're on stage, it's this different part, and then you turn it off. And and uh, and I think it's interesting. It's just kind of funny hearing you say that. It's like, well, this introverted guy in California contacts this introverted guy in Connecticut via the most introverted way of communicating possible, the computer. <laughs> you know, and here we are. <laughs> but the, it is a neat tool like that, the uh, the internet, and how and like you said, I mean, we we find all these other people that are like us and. And then at first you're like skeptical, and then you, you realize that I mean you know it's like yeah you kind of there's some guy in California like oh he seems cool well, you know you kind of keep your guard up the next thing you know it's like oh this guy's freaking awesome like we would be totally hanging out if we lived in the same town but it was yeah, like, I mean, you know we th I mean think about it we we now so I was uh, telling Phil this earlier we 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 socialize now we communicate with we banter with we have fun with guys like Jimmy Duresta, Izzy mm -hmm. Swan, Mark Spagnuolo. I mean, all of these names that are they're, they're very popular names that I never in a million years would have thought of. And what hit home for me especially is my trip to Illinois. Here, okay, I'm actually not only did I reach out to a couple of guys that are that are our friends, our maker friends, Andy Berkey and Jeff Radicek. I I went, I drove for a couple hours to meet these guys, and there was no anxiety for me. There was nothing but excitement. And when I got there, there was hugs, there was fun. It was just amazing. So. It is something special about this maker community, and that's what 2015 has shown me. I'm sure it's shown all of us that, you know. Yeah. So anyway, I ramble so. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. That that is it was eye opening for me uh, to see that in 2015 that I wasn't some weirdo who likes to tinker in his garage. That there are other guys like me, and not only they're not these fringe guys. Other there is a massive community of people who are reclaiming manufacturing, bringing it back home. We are going and we are reclaiming what it was that used to make both of our countries great. And that was we made incredible things here. And we don't do that anymore as a society. We we make intellectual property and we ship it off somewhere else to be made. But we as a subset of the larger community, we are the maker community and we now make this stuff ourselves. And hopefully what this podcast does is it encourages people to consume uh, goods in a responsible way from craftsmen, from people who make things in a sustainable way but who make things. And you're not getting it from some massive corporation you know, who made it the cheapest possible way to turn a buck. You're making it from somebody who loves what they did, who is proud of it, and made it to last you know, as an heirloom piece. That's my rant. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> no, that was that was great. And then you know, in our little niche here with this podcast is that we're you know we're doing it uh, environmentally responsibly as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, instead of like, the environmental glut of the boats going back and forth overseas and the waste and the chemicals and the you know people that are actually like picking up the scraps and making beautiful things from them again, which is a big part of what charges me. Um, I'm actually working on what I'm working on this month is uh, I'm making 36 of something. And uh, and they're large, and I'm doing it all by myself, and I'm videotaping the process of it. And, wow. Uh, and it's not technically reclaimed material, but it's sort of like leftover material. And uh, and it's like you know, and, I, and that was what I was kind of thinking as I was unloading 400 pounds of steel on my workbench today. I was like, I was like, this is manufacturing the way I want to see it. 
I'm going to make these and I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to do it right here and they're all going to go to New York right down the street, you know. Mm, um, I love it. Yeah, so it's cool. Can we, can we clarify, Tim, you like to upcycle? A little bit. Right? <laughs> I've been known to do that every once in a while. But that oh, seems okay. like, Phil, your speech seems like a great place to lead into the second half of what we <laughs> want to talk about. Um, if I didn't ruin it by interrupting. Uh, okay. No. You, you, you lit the fire. Like, here we are. You know, it's 2016. Your New Year's resolution is I'm going to stop buying stuff. I'm going to start making my own stuff. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I have, you know, a 10 by 10 spot in my basement that my wife will let me use. And what kind of tool should I buy? What do I need? What do I do? How do I get started? How? Okay. Well, I'll answer that because I, I probably am the most recent uh, you know, inductee into, into makerdom. But I will say that I know that a lot of us and I had this for a very long time, use this, this fantasy of getting started, of becoming a maker, of just making anything as this romantic notion that we escape to whenever the pressures of our cubicle job or our, you know, our nine-to-five job you know, get too much. You're like, yeah, you know what, one day I'm just going to do stuff myself and whatever. And Guys, let go of it as a romantic notion. Just do it. Get into your garage. Get into your you know, two-by-two-foot space, you know, crochet, knit, do whatever it takes to just get started. It doesn't have to be perfect. It never has to be perfect. You know, that's the beautiful thing about it. it it's better when it's flawed. You know, it's real when it's flawed. But, you know, that's my, that's my motivational speech. What I think you need to start in doing anything, and, and for me, it was wood because it seemed much more approachable to me, but it's not to say that metal isn't as approachable, but that was just my path, and I definitely intend on getting into metal at one at one point, you know, maybe even in 2016. But uh, my experience has been wood, and, you know, I got started with a circular saw and some, you know, just regular DIY tools, you know, a hammer, screwdriver, whatever. And I think I've mentioned it a few times, but, you know, my, my path was this, uh, this HD projector that I had built, I think, like 15 years ago, before HD projectors existed. So that was my first taste of it. And then, you know, I think as it is for many people, it was buying a home, which was the excuse to buy tools because you were going to fix things up yourself. And then you decided to make a gift, you know, out of something, which is, you know, I wanted to make a gift for my wife because the, the fifth anniversary is the wood anniversary. So I wanted to make her a jewelry box. And I did, and it sucked, and she hated it. But it inspired me to, you know, to continue <laughs> making something better and, it's what led me down these paths, you know, like these sort of, uh, you know, different events and different occurrences and opportunities that brought me to where I am now. So the first step for me was just getting started. And and the tools that you need to buy almost don't even matter. You know, just start with anything. If you start with a jigsaw instead of a circular saw, it's not going to change anything. You know, you'll be able to make a little bit differently. If you use a straight edge, you know, you'll get straight cuts. They won't be as clean as with the circular saw, but that doesn't matter. Just get started. Start doing anything. Build a box. Build a slab. Build a picture frame. Build whatever it is that you want to build, but just build. Well said. Well said. Yeah, that was great. That was great. How about, um, you want to go next there, Mr. Lutz? Yeah, I can. Um, this is really cool that we're talking about this, because I'm actually getting a few people that I know personally who are makers in some way, um, some, some artist friends of mine that, that can draw, that can um, do a little bit of sculpting, and they're actually they're seeing some of the work that I've been doing, and they're like, wow, this is so really cool. They really love the idea of upcycling. And I think that's what, you know, to clarify, this is who we're addressing right now. If somebody's out there listening to this, and you're wondering, how do I get into upcycling and making things, and what do I need to get started? Um, some of the advice I've given some of my friends is like, Exactly what Phil said. That it's not so much the tools that are important. There's some basic tools you can buy if you want to play with wood and or metal. Um, the idea is to get out there. What if you didn't really even have any tools? What if you found, and this is something I told a, a young lady not too long ago. What if you found a, a little broken end table and could you figure out a way to fix it, or maybe just unscrew the top? So I guess you do need some basic tools, screwdrivers mm. or whatever. But what if you unscrew the top and you made a, a trivet out of that? You know, I mean, I mean, just use your imagination and realize that nothing you nothing you attempt to make is going to be wrong. It's just it's just not. And then somebody's going to look at that and they're going to be amazed at how how you came up with that idea and how you did it. Just get out there and start it. And, and like you said, Phil, if you've got you know for the person that's got a little bit of space now and they they really want to get into it, they've they've had shop and they're 
their high school or whatever, buy a circular saw. It's a great tool to start off with. Um, I think everybody on the planet has a cordless screwdriver or drill of some sort now. Mm -hmm. So you've got that. I made uh, Casey's rocking chair out of uh, the wine barrel rocking chairs before I did her salon. I actually made that, and I didn't have any. I've just recently put tools in my garage because I've always had a job where I've had access to the tools I needed. I didn't have any interest in doing stuff at home. So I actually had a circular saw and a cordless drill, and I made that rocking uh, rocking chair wine barrel rocking chair. It doesn't take a whole lot, so don't be intimidated by anything. If you want to get started making something, go buy some wood glue. Go buy some wood glue and, and find a couple sticks. You know, two popsicle sticks glued together. What can mm. you do with it? Wrap some yarn around it. I mean, do, I, it's, but that was a project I think we all did maybe in the third grade. Do you remember simple projects where we did uh, uh, plaster hand prints in a, in a paper plate or you made um, popsicle sticks wrapped with yarn, something like that? Make something. You're going to catch the bug. It's going to be amazing. YouTube is a great resource. Um, yeah. If you want to get started, just don't be afraid. Go for it. You've got, you've got us three that will guarantee anybody out there listening, Tim, Phil, and I support you. And we love you, and we want you to get started. And we think what you're going to do is amazing. So Let me just jump in real quick because yeah. I just one quick point that I wanted to say was uh, there are no wrong answers you know, when it comes to making. Whatever you want to make, just make it. And uh, just as a funny, quick example, uh, Bill had posted some pictures on Facebook of this table that he was building for Casey Salon. And, it, and it, at first, it looked a little weird. I think it had like three legs instead of four. And it got all kinds of comments like, what are you up to now? This is weird. This is so strange. And then but by the time that he had posted the final finished version of this thing, everybody was floored. They're like, wow, this is incredible. This is amazing. Good for you. This is a great job. So even if you have a wacky idea for whatever it is, there's no wrong answers. You know, Even if it totally, completely sucks, it's experience to get to the next project. So you know, don't be discouraged. An insider secret, too, that we don't hardly ever talk about us up cyclists, but one of the pleasures that I like about it, because I have done fine woodworking. I have actually made dovetails and, and special joinery and not used any metal, and it's just like old. I've done that, and it's intimidating. But what's nice about upcycling is if it looks like it's a little crooked, warped, bent, and not quite right, and it's got nicks and dings in it, it's supposed to. A machinist probably wouldn't be happy with an upcycle project unless he built it, which it would be perfect. Um, but yeah, it's, it doesn't have to be perfect. That's what's beautiful about upcycling. It's, it's supposed to look, it's, it's just supposed to look like, you know, you put some passion and love into it. Don't worry about, is it straight? Is it perfect? Does it fit? None of that. Make something. It's going to be amazing. Mm, absolutely. Just get to it and do it. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's funny when I, when I make something, uh, you know, upcycled and or whatever, I always, you know, you're trying to preserve the marks that are in the, the material that you have from, you know, it's life past. And then, of course, I've done some fine woodworking, too, and then when I put a chip in it myself, I'm like, oh, I'm, like, so mad at myself, but it doesn't really right. even look like anything because it's there, but you know you did it, you know. But that's, that's, that's 102. We're still on 101. Um, so, yeah, getting started, you know, I have people uh, write to me, like, all the time, like, very, very often, you know, asking me, uh, which I think is cool. <laughs> um, you know, asking me, like, what, what kind of tool should I get, or what kind of this or that do you have, and this and that. And you know me, first off, I'm not going to promote any particular brand unless they're paying me to, and I like them. Um, but so I'm just like, no, it doesn't matter. Just get just get it, and, and uh, you know, people are, well, do I need it? It's like, no, you don't, I always say the same as I think. You don't need anything besides what you have and then what you get. You build to what you have. If you have a cordless drill, you build what you can build with a cordless drill. When you've exhausted that drill or you think you're ready to move on to something else, you move on to something else. Good and point. I, I have a, not to plug my video, but I have a series I did a couple winters ago where I went to my favorite secondhand store and I bought $20 worth of hand tools, a handsaw and a, a, like a hand-powered drill, um, a couple screwdrivers and stuff. And then I went to a trash pile and I pulled a bunch of wood out. And I built a toolbox for those tools with those tools. And then I moved up and I built a workbench with those tools. I actually borrowed a saw from my neighbor, you know. And I show, so I had this six-part series where I showed how I went from with $20 worth of tools and a bunch of free wood, and I, and I started a business, in essence. Um, toward the end, I made a table and chairs, you know, with uh, no electricity or anything. And uh, I have other videos like that, too, showing limited tool builds. I have, a, I have builds where I've used nothing but an angle grinder. Um, 
Izzy Swan is another guy who he had a series like that. And unfortunately, he stopped doing because it, it wasn't getting the views. But he was yeah. doing a series where he started a business with like ten dollars, like a circular saw. And he was showing he built a table saw and he started a business with it. He was doing the same kind of a thing. And um, Izzy Swan also is the guy that can make anything with just a cordless drill. <laughs> you know, <laughs> again showing that you don't need all these fancy tools and it's all about your imagination. I'm a big fan of, and I know I've talked about this ad nauseum, but I'm a big fan of limitations. Limitations is what force creativity. So mm-hmm. the less you have, the more creative you need to be, the more unique your end result will be. Especially if you're in the upcycling world, the less material you have or the more use, like more restrictions you have on the material and the less tools you have, the more unique and creative your end result will be. Some of my best pieces I made before I had any tools. And, uh, and sometimes now that I have this pretty full shop, I have to sort of go back to that. I'll often limit myself on purpose, just to force myself to think that way. So just like everybody else is saying, that's the episode, get started. I don't care what you have. I don't care if you don't even have any space. Go outside with a rock and start banging on something until it looks like something else and you've made it. Yep. You know, I I had, uh, first of all, I absolutely love the video series that you did, and I was in love with what Izzy Swan had done with that $50 wood shop, Mm. and he made a table saw out of a circular saw, and he... I loved it, but I spoke to him about it when we were on the Maritime show, uh, and uh, and he said, yeah, it just wasn't getting him the views, and obviously mm-hmm. he needed to do what was pulling him in that direction. But I had a little tiny taste of it when I was at my in-laws, uh, you know, apartment or condo, whatever, in, in Miami a couple weeks ago, and they have a balcony out there, and everybody likes to sit out on the balcony and have a drink at night, and it was really, really dark, and everything is concrete out there, so there was no way to hardwire in you know, a light fixture, but there was an outlet. So, and my father-in-law wanted to get something that was solar powered, but it doesn't get enough lights. He's like, what should we do? I'm like, okay, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We are going to take a wall-mounted sconce fixture and I'm going to convert it into, uh, you know, a plug instead of a hard wire. And he had no tools. So we went to Home Depot and we bought the fixture and I'm like, okay, how can I do this for the least amount of money? We bought a $40 cordless 12-volt Black and Decker drill. Uh, we bought a pair of pliers and and a screwdriver. And so I took this wall fixture and I had to drill some holes and I, you know, I, you know, used some wire nuts and I, you know, I bought a what's it called again, inline switch plug, you know, a lamp cord adapter and all that stuff. And uh, and I posted a picture of it on Instagram. But uh, but the hardest part was drilling into concrete with this teeny tiny little drill. <laughs> So I had to do it by getting all of my weight onto it. Anyways, it was super dangerous. But the point is, is I did this project with the most limited amount of tools ever, and it was so gratifying to do. I felt like I, right at the beginning of this whole adventure, you know, that's how I felt. Like I, like I achieved something with so little, and it was the most amazing feeling in the world. And I wish that feeling, um, on everyone. Like get out there and try it. But the last point that I want to make in this diatribe is that. You know, what tools should I get? Well, what what do you want to build? What's the project that you want to build? You know, that's the advice that I always see on the Reddit forums. I always see it on, you know, on Facebook is people ask the question, what tools do I need? Well, let's start with what you want to make. Do you want to make a table? Do you want to make a cutting board? Do you want to make a this? Do you want to make a that? Whatever you want to make, start with those tools and build out your shop based on the project, you know, is my advice. Um, you know, you, you went sort of a, a different way, Tim. You know, you want the tool to dictate the project which is awesome. I think that's a great way to do it. But if you want to go the other way and you want to start with the project, then you can buy that way. So there's two very different approaches to it, but will eventually get you to a full shop, I think. So it's, it's really interesting to play out the adventure that way. I was going to say, I want to, I want to touch on something you said, Phil, is that feeling you get. You said that. And, and real quick, I know people, I've heard a lot of stuff lately about, you know, what are you most proud of and blah, blah, blah. One of the most amazing proud moments I had recently was um, when building out Casey's salon. I was doing everything at home, and I was trying to make it in a way that I could deliver it to the salon, which is 25 miles from my house to Oakland, where it's at. And I made these window treatments that they're like plant holders that go in every other window that hold these bamboo bamboo plants. Uh, Anyway, recycled wood, and they were measured to fit exactly in the width of the of the windows. And two of them fit perfectly, and the other one, I don't know how it happened, was two inches too long. And I didn't bring any tools with me, and I'm like, what am I going to do? So I went out in the truck, and I, I'm digging around to see if I can have... I had a Swiss Army knife, swear to gosh. Um, I literally 
I had to unscrew this end of it. I cut everything down two inches with the little saw and the Swiss Army knife. Oh, God. I drilled new holes in it with the little all pokey thing on the yep. Swiss Army knife. I put <laughs> everything back together, and it fit, it fit perfectly. And it took me about an hour to do it by hand. But it was like I, I sat there, and, you know, because Casey's running around the salon and everything. She was doing some other stuff because we're trying to get everything ready to open and everything. And she came back, and, she, and I'm just sitting on the floor staring at this thing. She's all, what's, what's wrong? You look like you're in a great mood. I'm like, I am. I just fixed this thing with this, and I, I, I have this bizarre <laughs> knife in my hand. And, I mean, the, the satisfaction that I got out of that is, like, not having to drive all the way back home, not having to grab all these other tools that I had to come back and be able to do this. But to use that limitation, that – you know, what can I do? What What is the basics I could do? And then when I think about it now, I probably could have done everything with just a pocket knife as well, you know, just a regular pipe without the little saw, without everything else. You can do so much by that limitation and what can I make happen, and uh, I, just, I just thought I'd throw it out there. That that feeling of, of this is something I, I was so proud of myself. Ain't too many people that knows that I did that two-inch little cut job with the Swiss Army knife, but I do, and it felt amazing, so... This is I. I want to. I was. I have, of course. Like I want to tell you a story, and I think this is another episode right now. I think this is the MacGyver episode, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious because we we all have these stories, and I think we should have people suggest even like writing them in. Maybe we even need to put them on the comment page. You know, when we do this of all of our MacGyver stories, because my buddies and I were talking about this years ago about writing a book we we're going to call "Getting It Home." It was about all the times our car broke down on the side of the road and what stupid contraptions we came up with to get the thing home instead of calling a tow truck, you know. And and now just like in the in the shop world or the you know the install world, I mean, there's all these stories. I have a couple horror stories of of that myself, and I think that should be a whole other podcast because uh, it's exciting and I love that well, just hearing these stories. Be, being sure. a maintenance man for pretty much my whole life, I got a few. Yeah, oh, I know you. I'm glad you brought up the point of the feeling because I think that that's mm-hmm. something that. I wish, and I said it, for everyone to feel, and that's part of getting started, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the addictive rush that comes from this is is that sense of achievement and that feeling of pride. Like when I put up that light fixture and it turned on, I'm not sure what was beaming more, you know, that, that mm-hmm. light fixture or me because I just sat there going, I did that. I did that. All of you people here are basking in the light that I have provided. <laughs> and I didn't mean for that to sound religious, but no, I, did. I get it. But, but that was funny. <laughs> but I, I, you know, it just it felt incredible. And anytime somebody went up to it and turned it either on or off, and it worked, I felt amazing. You know, and and I really want everybody to feel that. So. I have things around my house that are like that that I'll still, I mean, I made them like five years ago or something. I'll still, every once in a while, when no one's looking, I'll just like go and like touch it or turn it on. Or, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm that stuff, man, you know? Totally. Even a yeah. box that I made to hold the remote controls, every time I walk up to them and put them away or take one out, I'm like, I did yeah. that. Yeah, you get that like Tim Allen. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do I add more power to the box? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So, so that's what looking forward to 2016 can be for a lot of us. Anybody out there that wants to, wants to get started doing something and start making, it's not what you make. It's not how you make it. It's just just make it. Start yeah. off the year with, you know, get, get a plan together and, and do it. And like I said, you've got the three of us that are going to support you and a million other people out there that we all know. So Yeah, nail, nail three or four boards together and call it a, a remote holder and be proud of yourself for it and, uh, and, and feel that feeling because when you feel it, you're going to want to do it again, and you're going to want to do it again. And, you know, I watched that with my – that's part of the Advanced Maker series, too. When I'm, you know, I'm doing it with my son and teaching him that, but I'm also kind of trying to show adults that and remind adults that, too, of how magical and exciting it is to be able to create things with your hands, and it's, it's really what separates us from the rest of the animal world, you know? Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, just one tiny little thing before we, you know, wrap up the topic. Uh, one tool that I will recommend that has helped me immensely – and people might groan when I say this, but it's the the most basic pocket hole jig. I think it's called the mini or the micro. I don't remember oh, which yeah. one it is, but it's the one where you can only drill one hole, and they and they advertise it almost for fixing or repairing things that you can't get to with any one of the other ones. But I still use it as my go-to. It's how I build my step stools. So for you know that jig is twenty bucks, and then a clamp for it is probably another twenty bucks. But you could probably do it with a cheaper one, but that one works really, really well paired with it. So for a total of $40, you are basically building almost anything you want. 
So that's one that I will recommend. You know, uh, there's quite a few pocket hole jigs out there too. So a lot of people mm -hmm. think of the blue one, but mm -hmm. uh, they've been around for a while. They have uh, aluminum ones you can find too that have their own aluminum yeah. built in. And yeah, so, yeah. yeah, but that's that's a great recommendation, Phil, to have. Because yes. that's a that's a you know the joinery 101 would be you know screwing. Right. Or you yeah. have to make a dovetail to make a jewelry box if you can make a you know your. And that's you know it's funny like my my pickup truck tailgate has gone through that evolution too. That, that when I first you know my first pickup truck was my Volvo station wagon you know so that yeah. looked like my you know where I was at you know when I was working and then I I graduated to my truck I wanted a truck that looked like my work so I got this old kind of rusty truck and I had this horrible tailgate on it and I got a bunch of stencils on it. I spray painted my name on it timsway.net you know and, and then I moved up into like I, I replaced the tailgate and I rebuilt it and I had some wood on it and I still spray painted my name on it now I'm up to where I bandsawed out all the letters that are on it and it's a three-dimensional thing and I have a you know my, my buddy Mark Eaton uh, laser cut out or, or CNC'd rather some side markers for it and so it's like stepping up stepping up and and that's that's what it, all this making is I feel like it's so funny watching my truck become this toolbox like that represents my work like toolbox used to and and so that's what you you can go out you know you get your pocket hole and you four screws and you make a box and your next box maybe you've got some kind of rabbit joint and maybe then eventually you get to the dovetail joint it's your history and and they're all beautiful and, and they all make you feel just as good because that's it's what an evolution doing. not a revolution right Phil <laughs> <laughs> An evolution, not a revolution. Uh, it's. I'll tell you, it feels pretty, uh, pretty nice to be quoted. But um, <laughs> let's until there are memes that start making you look bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I get quoted, let's. Uh, you know, I, I I raise a glass to 2016, and I hope that you all join me in doing so. I look forward to an incredible year with all of you, uh, with both of you specifically, Tim and Bill, but with all of you, uh, makers at large. Word. So, up goes the glass. I want to do a shout-out to Mr. Izzy Swan. Mm. He is starting off 2016 for everybody else by having a furniture design challenge. Go to uh, thinkwoodworks.net. The instructions are there. But basically what he's saying is anybody in the United States and Canada can throw together some kind of a design, design a piece of furniture of some sort, and between him and a few furniture companies that he's associated with, they might give. They're they're going to pick somebody and give them an opportunity to get their foot in the design world. I can't explain it really well. Izzy does really good on that. So. Yeah, Izzy can explain it, but I, what I, what is awesome about it, and it so ties into what we're talking about right now, is if you've always dreamed of making something, well, here's your incentive, like to try and do it. And, and make it, and here's a, like this huge incentive to it, and a deadline, because some people need deadlines. And the other thing is if you've been wanting to make a video and you've been intimidated about it, this is the perfect opportunity to make your first video, because he's giving you, the, he has these very specific rules on how the video needs to be, about two minutes, isn't that? So there's this guideline, it's simple, it doesn't have to be a build video, it just has to show bits of it and be a walkthrough. Go check it out, it's just, it's just so awesome and it's so easy and it's so great for all of us. Yeah, that like you said, it's perfect for anybody that's thinking about getting started. Get started with this. You yeah, got from now until the end of February, make a two-minute video mm -hmm. of any kind of furniture you've made, and who knows, you might be you might be the next um, um, Gucci or whatever. So that's the only thing I can think of. I was going to say the next Lutz. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, What's the URL again? What's the website? Uh, Izzy's website is thinkwoodworks.net. Mm -hmm. And he's got in, uh, a lot of instructions in there about the uh, the challenge, the contest, and uh, he has a video specifically about that. So uh, we'll find that video and, and put that in the show notes as well as his uh, website. And just and just thank you, Izzy Swan. Here's another guy that's like he's you know he's just this he's an amazing genius and everything else. And this is not the only thing he's gaining out of this. I think is just the smile he's going to get from getting everybody involved and, and participating and somebody might win some cool stuff, you know. Good for him. What, what More than that, I think he's providing opportunity. You know, it's not that often that you see someone go out of their way to provide a stranger with an opportunity to make a livelihood and a career. So this mm. is pretty incredible. So I, on behalf of anyone who would participate, I, I won't because this is not my thing, but on behalf of anyone who would participate and possibly win this, uh, you know, huge thanks and huge respect to, to Izzy. Thank you. Oh, it's kind of like it's kind of like how you and Tim have given me the opportunity to to <laughs> have a new, new career. Yeah, you're wow. absolutely right about that. But yeah, I'm I'm planning on on making an entry into this contest. I'm hoping to have time. I want to uh, 
you know, I want to make an entry in on behalf of the upcyclists and try and develop a product that could be mass produced and, and using reclaimed materials. And it looks like the companies that are hosting it are actually pretty open to that because they seem to be using the one specifically uses all reclaimed lumber. Oh, so, amazing. Um, well, so I wasn't like, going to, but if you're going to do it, then I'm going to do it. So, no. <laughs> okay, like the true little brother. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, yeah, I was hoping to, I was, you know, hoping to just sort of throw something out there and to again encourage everybody else to. And I'm not planning on doing something like like ridiculous. I have a like a very uh, basic idea. I'm I'm hoping to put together just something very marketable. You know, so cool. See you there. It's fine. I wish you both the best of luck, and hopefully you can both win. I'm already a winner just being here with you guys. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, obviously, it's, it would be it would be nice to, to to you know have that step up, and we're all thinking that. I know how talented all you guys out there are making stuff, and I would. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous to even think I stand a chance of winning, but I'm going to enter anyways. You know. I think that's kind of what Izzy wants. And who knows yep. what? Because he's not talking about the exact thing that you make. He's talking about the design idea mm -hmm. and. And that in and of itself. So again, watch his videos. Check out the website. So yeah. we should probably yeah. we should probably move on. Um, what are what are we watching? All right, Bill is watching Bill live Boltsy, and this young man um, is is one of our uh, maker friends, and he's started a uh, YouTube channel. He's got a few videos out. They're pretty neat. He's got a couple tip videos. One is uh, tips. Uh, the one I just watched recently, I think it was his last one, it's it's how to make a stencil even if you don't have a CNC. Right? That's kind of that's kind of something that would draw somebody's attention because I I do that. I just cut out cereal boxes. But anyway, Bill Livolsi, Liv, uh one of our maker friends, and um, I think you guys should check it out. He's got a few videos and a few subscribers, and let's let's make him not have just a few subscribers. Show this guy some love. He's pretty pretty uh, pretty talented young maker. Yeah, here, here, and he's he's you know on the topic of getting started, he's in a, in a like a place where he's really trying to get started and get this you know make this a business for him, you know. Right. So let's let's uh, let's help him. Let's get started in 2016. Right. It, that's uh, exactly what I was gonna say. You know, let's help him get started in 2016. How the topic of our show. So it's it's not not too bad. The one car workshop. Um, yeah. Bill 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 live loves. I'm tired of you know sways, you know. Pinsky, Lutz, they're easy. What's up with all these people and their hard names? Anyway, that's just me. Well, for anyone who, uh, who didn't catch that, I will just put it in the show notes, and you could just read it there. <laughs> <laughs> One car workshop. That's easy. Yeah. Now, how about you, Phil? I'm watching uh, this little-known uh, Canadian guy. No one's ever heard of him. Just kidding. It's John Heiss. I've been accused of being a huge fanboy of this guy, and uh, and I wear that proudly. I think he's amazing. I think he's innovative. I think that he does projects in his workshop that are beneficial to anyone who's building out a workshop. Easy things that he talked about doing, slat wall, and he did uh, you know, French cleats, and he did... You know, just literally everything, dust collection, table saws, anything that's project related to, you know, your, your shop, he's done it, including uh, homemade vices, metal vices, wood vices. Yeah, I saw that one. You know, quick release, woodworking vices. I just watched that one again because I was thinking about doing it, but it looks too hard, so I'm not going to. But I thought it was awesome and super entertaining. I just love this guy and... More than anything, I love how he handles the trolls on the in the comments. So I, I think he's great, and yeah. I will continue to always be a huge fan of his. One of the things I love about John High's videos is it feels like he's that guy next door that that knows how to make anything, and you, mm. you just because the way he explains everything, it's just down to earth. It's just like your buddy next door. I mean, the yeah. guy is amazing. And what about that pocket knife? Dude. That was cool. He did right. it in wood, and then he did it in metal, which was right. super awesome. But yeah, I, I love just, that. I feel connected to John in that way, as I understand what, when he explains how to do something. It's it's down to earth. It's blue collar. Love the guy. Absolutely love the guy. He's a genius. Cool. I'll, yeah. I'll have to watch more of his. I mean, I've seen a few, and they're all awesome. But I don't think I don't think I've actually subscribed to him, so I don't catch them when they come up. Like I missed the wooden knife. I gotta say that, you know. Yeah. It's just I usually just like find them and watch them, you know. So I'll have to make sure I'll have to check my list. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a wooden pocket knife, so, and he actually included, like, the locking mechanism. Like, he did all that stuff. It was really cool. I love and, that stuff. Uh, That's so cool. 
he he's solved problems for me. Like when I when I first started doing personalization on items that I was making for Etsy and for people at work and stuff, I was doing it. Don't laugh, but I was actually doing it with carbon paper and then running over it with a sharpie, and it looked like awful. And then I saw that he was doing the toner transfer method. So anything within that you could print on a on a laser printer, you could transfer onto wood. And I'm like. Oh my God! This thing was a revelation. It changed my my business, if you will. You know, so I credit him with that. That I, I he probably didn't invent it, but he, he had it in a video that I saw. So you know, kudos and credit there. Well, that's why it's okay to have a little bit of overlap here and there too in, in this stuff, because you know um, we're not all seeing the same things. Like I'm not watching him enough, and and you know, and, but someone else might pick up something from him and put it in their video, and it's not right. like plagiarism really. It's just like you know, we're using it. Because we're not like, hey, look what I invented. It's just like, hey, look what I'm doing. You know? Right. No, it's like and carrying it's, a torch. It's just all this and all this information in, in the, the hive mind, as I always call it, and it's just awesome. Yeah, it's out there. Everything's out there. You need to know. I have um, I have a video that I'm putting up this week. One of my many ones, and I actually kind of put reference that on. I show me watching a YouTube video in the video, you know, because that's how I was. That's what I was doing. So I, it's neat. That's awesome. Hmm. Who are you uh, watching, Tim? Uh, I wanted to mention, I wanted to step outside of the maker world into, this is like sort of like the environmentalist world, but it's not, it's, it's uh, Kirsten Dirksen, and she has like 350,000 subscribers, so she's not new, um, and she's, but you may not have heard of her, and what, what, what Kirsten does is she travels the world, I mean, uh, everywhere, like I've seen her in Japan, Oregon, you know, Connecticut, even she's, I even learned about a building in, in New Haven, you know, 20 minutes away from me that like from one of her things that was being made out of shipping containers. But she goes to these places where people are building alternative homes or people are living in alternative homes. And sometimes it's tiny houses, sometimes it's manufacturers of tiny houses. Uh, there's this one guy, he lives on $1,000 a year in a, in a hole in a cave that he built basically, and he has his, his minimalist life. Um, there's a shipping container building in, in uh, New Haven, these apartment buildings, and how they got zoning to make this thing happen. Uh, so it's all really interesting about, you know, just as alternative ways of, of living and looking at things. And why I like to watch it is because I'm always thinking about how I'm going to retire. And, you know, and of course I want to see if I can build it. And, um, but I'm also interested in seeing what these people have come up with as solutions to their problems of living in these alternative and tiny homes. And you end up seeing these, like, really neat, like, you know, storage systems that are built and, and clever hinges they come up with. And a lot of the times they're using upcycled materials to build their homes. So you're seeing materials used in ways that, will really inspire you to think about some of the materials that you're using, even though it's not about how they're making it. Most of us are making stuff already, so we don't need to see the step-by-step step for everything, but when we see that finished product, sometimes we'll be like, oh, wow, what a great idea of something to do with that. And so Kirsten Dirksen and all these amazing places she goes will totally inspire you to think differently about your small shop and how you store stuff, anything. I mean, you're just going to love it. Great stuff. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. That sounds great. Yeah, definitely. It does sound cool. And she doesn't, and she's really no frills. She's like, all of her videos are long, and it's just like this 20-minute thing where she just walks around and talks to the person for like 20 minutes, and they show you around. And, and, it's, uh, and every once in a while, she'll even ask a question, and, and usually it's a question you're thinking while you watch it. And, you know, and not, not all of them are for everyone, but you know, I don't watch all of them. And, but every once in a while, I'll see one, and I'm like, what? What is this guy doing? And it's just, it's just neat. Awesome. All right, so uh, I think that's it for this week. Let's leave everybody with, um, firstly, I want to just say iTunes. Again, I want to thank everyone who has left a review on iTunes, uh, but we still need your help. We still need your support. Please get on iTunes. If you're in Canada, if you're in the U.S., if you're international, please get onto your iTunes platform and leave a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio. We'd greatly appreciate your support. Our channels are Tim Sway, William Lutz, and Jake and Emmy's dad workshop. Hit us up at, uh, on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. Otherwise, it's been uh, it's been a great 2016 so far, and we look forward to many, many more episodes with you guys. So have a good one, and, and thanks for listening, guys. Happy, happy new year of making, everybody. Yeah, be good. <laughs>